If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips about money, thinking about new ways to grow money, save money, figure out how to get out of debt. Debt, you know, debt is an American pastime. Are you sick of debt? Do you really want a roadmap out? This podcast episode is really for you. We're looking to break this down into three pieces today. We're looking to talk about, first of all, how big it got and how did it get so big? Secondly, how to set yourself up to figure out exactly what, where you are, how to set yourself up to figure out exactly where you are, taking stocks of what your financial situation really looks like, and then basically three, coming up with a plan to get out and stay out of debt. And we'll get right into the meat and potatoes of this after the break. Your host, KT Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Thanks for listening to our shameless plug during the break. We really appreciate you taking time to even think about KT's Money Matters or our firm New Day Solutions. So are you sick of debt? Do you want a roadmap out? You know, there's a lot of reasons why debt grows bigger than people understand. And part of it is because we tend to measure each financial decision at the time of purchase versus calculating what we think the interest costs will be either by the month, by the year, or by the lifetime of the loan. Sure, it's easy when we're sitting there in the dentist office and the dentist says, well, this is going to be $4,000, but if you pay monthly, you can pay as little as $40 a month. And then you can pay it off in the end of the first year, you can pay no interest. And you go, $40 a month, I can pay $40 a month. And there's really not a lot of thought thinking about what other things do I have to pay? And what will be my ability to pay this debt off before the end of the period? Same thing is true with bigger decisions, though. It's not just the little ones, it's sometimes it's the really big ones. So for an example, most people do a 30-year mortgage. They do a five or six-year car payment. And they do credit card financing, oh, sometimes for life. So we're going to talk a little bit about how it all gets so big and what that really means to the average American. So I did a little plucking around, looking at different information, and found out that the average credit card balance is $6,800. However, this is a little misleading 
because if you zero out all the people with no debt, the average debt of the people that actually continue to carry the debt is more like 15,000. Now, that was kind of a shocking number to me. I see people with five to $8,000 worth of credit card debt all the time who are not really paying attention to it, don't really think about it as too big of an issue, and are just paying the debt service on that. If we look at just the interest rate of the credit card, and when I took the average of about 16%, which is about what it is naturally, which is about what it is nationally. However, I think everybody knows that there are those creditors that charge substantially more. And many of the people that carry the most debt and never pay it off are also owning the credit cards with the highest rates of interest. Now, this is kind of tricky because they actually don't put the interest rate right in the front where you can see it. You kind of got to go looking for it on the second or third page of the credit card statement or deep into the credit card site to find out what your rate actually is. But it's not uncommon to be spending a minimum of $100 a month just for the right to carry this debt on your credit card. Now, as I said earlier, people don't tend to make these just small. They make them also really big life decisions. For example, let's take a look at the purchase of a home. The traditional rate for a mortgage is 30 years in time frame. The idea that you're going to live there for a long time and you're going to pay it off for a long time, really it means that you're renting your house from the bank and they are really the owners of the home and the mortgage. I mean, technically you own it, but the reality is you own it with them. And for a long time, the bank owns a lot more of your home than you do. So I played with the numbers a little bit. I looked at what happened if you borrowed $300,000 mortgage for your home and you borrowed it for 30 years and then maybe considered 25 years instead. So the difference between a 30-year mortgage and a 25-year mortgage, and I used 4% just because that's pretty close to the prevailing rate today. And you save about $150 a month by going 30 years versus 25 years. And for that right, over the 30 years, you get to pay an extra $47,000 in interest. Now, that's a lot of interest for five years, but that's really the cost of carrying that note five more years. Most people can find $150 a month if you own a mortgage. It's really worth considering whether or not you want to reduce the cost of your expense by $50,000 by finding $150 a month. Now, of course, when I think about the 30-year mortgage, I go back to that 30-year mortgage at $30,000 at 4%. The interest on the loan each year, and it really doesn't work this way because loans, you pay more interest when the balance is bigger and less interest when the balance is smaller. But what I did for the simplicity of it, I said, how much do we pay for a 30-year, $300,000 loan at the end of 30 years? Well, we pay back the $300,000 plus we pay $247,220 in interest. So I just assumed that interest to be level through the term. It's not really true. In the beginning, you pay more. And later on, as the loan gets smaller, you pay less. But this is fair to give you the average. The average is $8,240 a year. So now imagine you have a credit card. It's about $1,200 a year or $100 a month. And then you have a mortgage. It's about $8,200 a year. Now, in addition to that, many of us have the car loan. 
Some of us might even have two. The average car loan in America is $12,000. So car interest rates have been pretty cheap. I went with 4% again, just to keep it simple. And on a $12,000 car loan, the interest due each year would be another $480. So when you add those three columns together, what do you get? You get about $10,000 a year or about $800 a month of interest, money that you pay for the right to borrow money. It doesn't pay down your balances. It just goes to the right for you to carry your balances. Now, most people I know would be pretty happy if they got a $10,000 a year raise. So let's talk about how you might do that over time. In order for us to come up with a game plan for how we might pay it off, one of the things we need to do is understand why it's so easy that this number gets so big. See, we're a borrowing economy in America. The ease of borrowing is very simple. And that when we spend money, rather than save money, we are actually growing the economy. And in a capitalist economy, there's a lot of encouragement to spend that money, whether it's social media, ads that come on your phone, the internet, TV, for those of you still watching TV, um, web TV, however it is that you decide to do it, there's lots and lots of ways to borrow more money. There are also many, many ways to get into this idea of paying for things over time, like furniture. We talked a little bit about dentures. There are lots of things that you can decide to pay. In fact, you can rent your cell phone now as part of your cell phone bill. So you don't buy your cell phone, you only rent your cell phone, which is one more way to make your cell phone bill bigger than it used to be because they used to give you your cell phone every so many years. But remember, I don't know how many of you have noticed, but free cell phones aren't really flying out of the stores at your favorite cell phone store anymore. No, instead, what they want to do is sell you or lease you your phone over the time period that you have it. And that's one more payment every month that you're not really factoring in. So I like to call this selling pennies and charging dollars. They convince you that it's a small payment, maybe that it's interest-free if you can pay it off in a year, however they might model it. And it actually is not only dollars, but we just talked about it. It's thousands of dollars when you add it all up every year of money that actually didn't go to you and your family because you were convinced that you must buy it now, even if you don't have the money to buy it now. And that this is really okay because everybody does it. And you can just add on and add on and add on. But for many people, I find they are sick of this. They're sick of this and they just don't know how to get out. Now, I have some ideas about how to escape. Needless to say, we wouldn't be having this conversation if I didn't have a few ideas. One of the things that I think is really great about new technology is today there are lots of ways to track your spending and investments and savings, your liabilities, how much you spend in interest. You kind of just have to decide that you're going to, but setting it up is not that difficult. It used to be that you had to have like a big spreadsheet, you had to track everything, and you had to update it every month. And then you had Quicken, which would go in and pull in from your various borrowers and update it once a month. But now the technology is so fast, you can update it in real time. You could see it 
really every day if you wanted to, and if you could stand it. I mean, I don't know how many people could actually stand looking at it every day, but you could see it every day. My favorite little site for gathering this information is uh, a site sponsored by Intuit called Mint. Very easy to find, by the way. You can just Google them. You can easily input all your assets and all your liabilities. You can link it so that it can update. You can set alerts so that you never have to be late again, at least by accident. And you can create a budget reduction plan. And you can do it right online. Very easy, very quick. Now, there are lots of software like this. I throw out Mint just because I think it's so user-friendly, but the reality is there are millions of them out there that have these different kinds of tools that will allow you to build these different pieces that'll help you pay out the debt. First thing you have to do, though, is you really have to take stock. You've got to look and see everywhere that we owe money, everywhere that we're paying regular payments. And then ultimately, one of the things we really have to do is we have to create a debt reduction budget. Now, it would be great if you could put everything that you have towards paying off your bills as quick as you can and be out. It's usually in that strategy that people get, they get excited because they see it go down really quickly and then all of a sudden something happens and then they have to charge again because they don't have any money in the bank and then the credit card starts going up and they get deflated again and they just go, forget it. And they just give it up. So I like a better plan. First is, In order to create a debt reduction budget, you have to have a true monthly budget. Meaning, it's time to sit down and figure out where all your money is going. I like to use take-home pay because I think take-home pay is easier for people. It's the amount you get in your check. So you look at how much income comes in every month net, which is take-home pay. And then the first thing you do is you calculate all of your fixed expenses. Now, to be clear, these are things you can't skip, right? So this might be your rent, it might be utilities, it might be a mortgage, it might be a car loan. It's anything that you can't not change or skip. Next list, variable expenses. So here you have the average credit card demand. You have cell phones, you have phone, you have travel, you have food, you have hairdresser, and you have cash purchases, whether you're doing it with a debit card, an ATM card, taking money out of the bank and spending it, or just swiping your card everywhere you go. This is the stuff you actually could control more and may be able to change an influence if you actually looked at it. So you have bucket one, I must pay. Bucket two, These guys got to get some money too, but it could be different than what it is. Then what's going to be left, bucket three, is the amount of money that you could use toward your debt reduction budget. So let's say when it's all said and done, you have $300 a month that you could use towards paying off your debt above and beyond what you're currently doing already, based on the fact that there's about $300 left over. And that's what determines you take that plus all of the current payments that you're making to your creditors and you total it. And let's say that number is $1,500 a month. $1,500 a month then becomes the money that you could use to reduce your spending. No, then $1,500 becomes the money you could use to reduce your debt. Now all we have to do is figure out how you're going to deploy it. But before that, Let's talk about those of you 
who when you do this, find that there's zero left over. Or in fact, you might be spending more money than you make. For those of you spending more money than you make, we have to make some big decisions and the sooner the better. First, is there anything in the variable expenses that we could reduce? You want to look at the obvious things, right? Could I spend less money on food? Could I spend less money on cash purchases because people tend to spend a lot of money there? Could I reduce the amount of my cell phone bill, my cable bill, etc.? If not, the next question is, am I living somewhere where I cannot afford to be? Is the rent too high? Are the utilities too much? Do I need a roommate? Do I have a car payment that's just simply too much money? Maybe I could refinance that car payment and get it lower. Or maybe I can trade that car in and trade down. What do I mean when I say trade down? You can trade any car in toward any other car. You could buy a cheaper car leaving the car loan and get a cheaper car loan than the one you currently have. But you can't do it if you decide you're going to buy an even better car. The only way it really works is if you buy a car that's less money than the current car that you own. But if your car loan payment is too much money for you to be able to do everything else, then you have to decide, am I willing to live in my car? And if I'm not, then I want to get rid of my car, get a cheaper car, ideally get a cheaper car without a car loan, but you know, maybe we don't have the cash for that yet, but, but get to a place where we're spending less monthly committed expenses that are variable that take away from our ability to do things like keep a roof over our head and God forbid, have a few bucks in our pocket. When you open your credit cards and you look at them, what you want to look at is how much money am I adding in new purchases each month to my cards? People say to me all the time, oh, I'm not using them anymore. I'm just paying them. The credit card industry is enormous in America. Here's what I'll say to you. Somebody's using them. We can't all be not using them and they're not going down. So if the goal is to get out of credit card debt, we have to decide that the first thing we do is we know new charges. We look at what we have for regular reoccurring charges. Very common to use a credit card to do things like pay your Verizon cell phone bill or pay your cable bill. I do both of those, but I do both of them on a card that I pay off in full every month. So I can't do it on a card where I'm going to carry a balance and you shouldn't either. Income coming in minus all of these expenses, your core expenses equals what we like to call the opportunity dollars. What we're really trying to do is access the opportunity dollars to pay and restructure your debt and then grow the opportunity dollars over time to help you get what you really want. We talked about ways that you might be able to reduce your expenses. But the other side of that is you may need to increase your income. Job market is great right now. I always say this because I think people don't understand that one of the main ways that you may increase your income over time will be to look for the job that offers the benefits that you need and deserve. I've got some people that have worked with me for a long time and I'm really crazy about them and I'm grateful that they stay and I try really hard to encourage and promote them and bring them along. The thing I know though is most employers, they get into an idea that somebody's worth a certain amount of money and then unless you do something really amazing like fly off the ceiling fan, you're going to get, for the most part, cost of living. 
in order for somebody like yourself to move up, you really have to look at changing jobs to a company that considers the role that you're going to take more valuable to them financially than your current employer thinks. So it might be time to think about that. It might be time to add a little side hustle as a way to increase a little bit of extra income so that we can grow that opportunity. We can grow the opportunity dollar account. Once we've done this, we've created the opportunity dollar account. We know how much money that we're working with each month. We're going to create a hit list, the who and the how much. The goal is to always use that minimum amount. So remember when I said earlier that maybe your opportunity account income is $1,500 monthly that you have to spend on all of your creditors, maybe your car loans, credit cards, maybe. And you're going to try to figure out how you use that money to pay off creditors. And there's always a lot of argument about this. Do I pay off the one with the biggest balance? Do I pay off the one with the smallest balance? And I always say, you know, money is money. No matter how you cut and measure it, you pay off the one with the biggest interest rate, the one who is charging you the most to borrow that money. Sometimes that doesn't feel as good. Sometimes what feels as good is wiping out the little ones because it feels like it just made it simpler. But frankly, if you have a little loan that's, pay, you know, that's charging you little or no interest, and you go, but I can just make this go away and then I'll have $40 to do something else. The reality is if you're paying interest on the big loan to make the little, go, little loan go away, it actually really didn't help you that much. So keep your eye on the ball here. You want to put the most money on the highest interest liability. If your budget is $1,500 a month, then what you want to do is every single month, no matter how many bills are left, I'm going to pay $1,500 a month. So let's say I pay off a $200 a month liability. Instead of taking that $200 and going, yay, let's go buy something with it. I say, how will that $200 now be allocated? And they go to the next most expensive liability determined by its overall cost of carry or its interest rate. And as you can see, you just keep moving down this pedestal. It's like basically... You know, it's kind of like the fine art of making debt go away. There are options to consider things like debt consolidation or balance transfer. And sometimes they can be really good, but you really got to look at the fine print. And you want to make sure that if you do balance transfer, that you have little or no charge on the transfer. Typically, you'll see a 3% charge on the transfer. That's actually very common. And if you get 0% interest for a period of time, that could be really well worth it if you have cards that are in the teens. But what you have to remember is that tickler rate's going to go away and then it's going to become the teens again. So you can't just roll it and then forget about it. You've got to do it as part of a plan where you're really looking to eliminate everything else at the same time. Usually just because of the way interest rates roll, it's usually credit cards, then it's the car loan. And then the last, you know, the last creditor of standing is usually the mortgage. If you've solved all the side debt and you're looking to reduce the term of your mortgage, as I said to you earlier, you could potentially save hundreds of thousands of dollars over the life of the loan for as little as three to $500 a month. For $500 a month, you could go from a 30-year mortgage to a sometimes a 15-year mortgage, which would save you like $150,000 over the 30 years. I mean, it's enormous. And people don't really look at this. They don't really say, they, people say to me often, I want to pay my mortgage off early, but they don't really have a strategy about how they're going to do it. 
So one of the things I would say to you is the first thing you want to try to do is take back that 10K a year you're working so hard for by not paying interest to people that don't deserve it. Secondly, what you want to try to do is look at the life of your mortgage and say, how does this line up to what I can afford and when I can retire? So as an example, I'm a few years away from retirement. So I want to retire without a mortgage. And one of the things I do is I pay my mortgage based on the fact that I want it to be done when I retire. That seems really simple. Figure out how many years you have left and how much you have to pay to pay it off. There are a ton of great cheap free calculators online. You can see them really almost anywhere in NerdWallet. You could do it at Mint. Um, you could do it at bankrate.com where they'll help you see just how much money you would save and how quick it would take to consolidate or pay off the mortgage in a shorter period of time. And it's really, really worth looking at. Remember that we live in a country where you're being, you're being encouraged all the time to part with the money that you've worked your whole life for. And increasingly what we see is people coming into retirement with little or no savings. And mostly it's because of how they decide to do the day-to-day. And by the day-to-day, I mean the day-to-day spending. And so if the goal for you is not to be in that situation later in life, the plan has to be around making sure that you're never in that situation. So if you are sick of your debt, you can get out. And it might take two years or three years, who knows? It might take five years. But the reality is a good plan will get you out And every single year, you'll give less of your money away to creditors that don't really deserve it. My hope is that you found some part of this really valuable and some ideas for you to go get started on cleaning this up and getting your life back on course. Please let me know what you thought about this show and all of our other shows by giving us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you have personal questions that you'd like answered or ideas addressed on the show, you can go to ktsmoneymatters.com and fill out a survey and tell us what you'd like to hear more about. I appreciate the opportunity to do this show and to the Money Matters community. Thank you until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.